It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 2nd, 2021. My name is Philip Rossmark. I'm the expert insight editor over here at Orlando Magic. Daily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic. We're going to talk a little bit about the Magic's decision to bring back or retain Bruce Kreitzer, the Orlando Magic shooting coach. Why some of the numbers suggest that this is a bad decision, but overall the numbers suggest this will be a very good thing for the Orlando Magic. A little bit of consistency never never uh, harmed anybody, um, in, in my opinion, at least. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Plus, we'll take a look at the Magic's guard rotation uh, as the Magic now have some options at guard. I'll, I'll save my argument about the starting lineup uh, for uh, tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But before we do any of that, I do remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search of the podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown? On, I don't know, the, we're one week away from the NFL season beginning. Want the lowdown on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They're Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get to say that for at least another week. You can check that out on Locked On Bucks. That's B U C S, not B U C K S, to be confused with the other championship Bucks team. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college, too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Thursdays on Locked On NBA, you'll find Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore telling you whose NBA stock is up and whose NBA stock is down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Toronto Magic had a little bit of news break on uh, on Wednesday. Did nothing too crazy. Josh Robbins of The Athletic has been on top of the Magic's uh, coaching staff and, and has been a lot more reliable. Um, uh, honestly, he's the most reliable uh, Magic reporter out there, so if he's breaking news, it's usually, uh, it, 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 you take it as gospel, essentially. Um, I know he'll hate that I said that about him. Um, but he reports that Bruce Kreitzer and Dylan Murphy will be named to Jamal Mosley's coaching staff. Um, adding to the experience group that he has with him as well um, from the Magic's previous coaching regime, uh, from Steve Clifford's coaching staff. They're both going to be kind of uh, back row coaches. Bruce Kreitzer, of course, is the shooting coach that Steve Clifford brought with him from Charlotte. He worked with him for two years in Charlotte and then all three years in Orlando. Um, And Dylan Murphy was sort of an analytics guy. Um, He was also, um, as, as was noted by someone else, in charge of determining whether the Magic should uh, challenge calls for replay. Um, and, of course, uh, as as we all learned during the season last year, Steve Clifford never loses a challenge. Um, uh, so so this is the guy that, that that made those decisions, essentially, for the Magic, or helped make those decisions for the Magic. So 
Um, good to see. Good, good additions there. Uh, Robbins also notes that it's possible that the Magic will add or officially announce um, another player development coach. Uh, Terrence Ross had said on his podcast earlier in the summer that Courtney Lee was a player development coach, was hired as a player development coach for the Magic. That has not been made official yet, um, but I would assume that Terrence Ross is a pretty good source to kind of get us started or get us going here uh, on that front. So, obviously when it comes to shooting, though, um, everything is... It's a big focus. Um, you know, undoubtedly, the Magic's biggest weakness is their shooting. They are a poor shooting team. No getting around it, no changing it, no, um, no just, just no bones about it. The Magic really struggle to shoot the ball. It's just not their forte. It's not what they're good at. Um, they have to be better at that. Um, you know, for for lack of a better better way of phrasing it. Um, So if, if this is one of their weaknesses, why are the Magic keeping one uh, or, or a coach who is essentially there to help players shoot better? Um, look, the stats aren't pretty. Um, last, you know, just kind of looking more specifically at spot-up opportunities and catch-and-shoot opportunities. The Magic shot 20, uh, 37.2% on catch-and-shoot opportunities last year. Um, 22nd in the league, 35.7% from deep on catch-and-shoot opportunities, 27th in the league. 2020, they were 25th at 36.3% on catch-and-shoot opportunities as a whole. 2019, 38% on catch-and-shoot opportunities, 8th in the league. Uh, Spot-up shots. Magic made 37% of their spot-up opportunities last year. That was 27th in the league. They were 28th in 2020 at 36.2%. 21st in the league at 38.5%. Free-throw-wise, Magic have always been kind of middle of the pack. 77.5% of their free-throws last year. That was 17th in the league. 77.4%. In 2020, also 17th in the league, and then 12th in the league in 2019 at 78.2%. First thing you should notice is all the Magic shooting stats were much better in 2019, obviously their best year. A little bit of a correlation between shooting well and uh, and winning with this Orlando Magic team. Um, but again, I think everyone, even though the Magic shot the ball really well uh, in 2019, the Raptors kind of bet that the Magic were not going to shoot that well in the playoffs, and that obviously paid off really, really well for them. This is a team with poor shooters. There's no getting around it, no, no, no denying it, no avoiding it. The Magic's biggest issue, the Magic's biggest weakness, the issue that, frankly, Jeff Weltman has failed to address adequately is the team shooting. Everyone understands that that is such a key, uh, key skill to have. And while I think to some extent that the philosophy is correct, that, that you can develop shooting, that you can get better as a shooter, we're talking about ranges here. Um, if your floor is a lot lower, that's more dangerous. Uh, and again, I, I think you can get better as a shooter. I don't think you ever enter the league as good as you're going to be. You can get a lot better, and there's plenty of proof of guys who have done that. But if you come into the league as a decent shooter, the odds are you will develop into a decent shooter. The reason why we're so excited about Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, both of them project out as good shooters. They are good shooters in college despite low percentages. They, everyone believes that they can be great three-point shooters. And honestly, that's one of the bigger weaknesses in Jalen Suggs' game. So getting the Magic to be a good shooting team uh, is really, really key and really, really important. And so you look at those numbers, you look at those numbers that I just said, where the Magic are in the bottom half of the league and catch and shoot and spot up opportunities. Again, the kind of situations that you know you kind of practice with a shooting coach. Um, it certainly does not feel like Bruce Kreitzer has done a very good job. Um, you know, if you look just at those numbers, 
yeah, it, it, it's not looking great. But then, but I want to point out that the work that Bruce Kreitzer does is a. It's really difficult to kind of pinpoint exactly what he's responsible for and what you know. And, and I think there's credit to go around for everyone for Clifford, for Kreitzer, for other coaches on the coaching staff, for individual players and the work that they put in, their skills coaches that they work with in the off season, a whole bunch of different things. Undoubtedly, you know, Kreitzer has had one really big success, and Steve Clifford kind of hung his hat on that success as well. Kemble Walker entered the league as a very poor three-point shooter. There is everyone kind of forgets that because he has become such a good three-point shooter. Kemble Walker entered the league as a poor three-point shooter. Before Bruce Kreitzer was hired by Steve Clifford, Kemble Walker shot 31.8% from the from beyond the arc in his first four threes in his first four seasons. He jumped to 38.6% from deep in his two years working with Kreitzer, and he has not shot worse than 35% from deep since working with Bruce Kreitzer. Again, credit should go to Kemba Walker. He put the work in. I'm sure he has some skills coaches that he worked with that helped him put that work in. Bruce Kreitzer was the guy with him every day, day by day, kind of reinforcing a lot of those messages or reinforcing a lot of those things. So certainly deserves some credit for that. If What Bruce Kreitzer is doing then is an individual thing. So yes, the Magic are a poor shooting team. We all know that. It's also a fairly veteran team. Veteran Veterans are a lot harder to kind of mold and change than young guys. Young guys are still impressionable. They can still make some changes and still, uh, still fix things as well. So let's look at individuals as they've worked under Bruce Kreitzer. Markel Fultz made only 41.4% of his shots with the Philadelphia 76ers in those, those two years that he had in Philadelphia. Made 40, he made 46.5% of his shots in the 2020 season, his first full season with the Orlando Magic. Now, obviously, that dipped down to about 38% uh, in the small sample size um, of, of, of last season. I'm going to throw that out because it's just such a small sample size. Um, and yes, Fultz's shot was coming back down to earth, but so much of the, 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 the job with Markel Fultz is getting him back confident with his shot and making him willing to shoot the ball. We can all joke about the Marco Fultz, Ben Simmons things, but as I often like to jab at, at Sixers fans or, or people trying to throw strays at, at Marco Fultz, at least Marco Fultz is willing to shoot the ball. The guy is not afraid to miss shots. Um, and again, I think the proof will be uh, whether Bruce Kreitzer is good or not, and, and maybe this is a vote of confidence in the work that Bruce Kreitzer's done with two of the Magic's key players. I'm going to talk about the other one here in a sec, that they want to keep him around the only thing you can work on when you've torn your ACL is your shot form. It's working on your shot, um, your upper body. Um, and so I imagine that Marco Fultz has spent a lot of time with Bruce, you know, once he was able to, once he was cleared to kind of start shooting around a little bit, I would bet 100% that he, that he has been working with Bruce Kreitzer a lot on his shot and on his shot form. Would not surprise me if Marco Fultz sees a little bit of a bump um, once he gets back on the court as well. So what about Jonathan Isaac? Might be a little bit more of a sample size there since he's played a little bit more. Small sample size, obviously, in his rookie year, but he shot 37.9% from the floor, 34.8% from from the three-point line, 76% from the foul line. In 2019, first full season in the NBA, uh, and again, first full season with Steve Clifford, Jonathan Isaac's shooting bumped up to 42.9% overall, 32.3% from beyond the arc, and 81.5% from the the foul line. Now, yes, his three-point shooting dropped, but his volume also went up too. Not a surprise that your your percentages drop when your volume goes up. 
in, 20, in the 2020 season. So this is the first half of the season to January 1st when he had the first knee injury plus the two games in the bubble. 47% field goal shooting, 34% from me on the arc, 77.9% from the foul line. One of the big weaknesses that Jonathan Isaac had was this belief that his shot was a little bit slow and mechanical. Um, you know, again, one of the big questions that Isaac faced is if he's not going to be an on-the-ball scorer, if he's not going to be the aggressive scoring type, he's got to be able to hit from the outside. And that was definitely a huge question that I, 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 will, I had that about Jonathan Isaac. It's a huge question everyone had about Jonathan Isaac. But again, you look at those shooting numbers and you see that progression. You remember, go back to the bubble, that, that uh, scrimmage against the uh, Denver Nuggets, the, uh, the, the game against the Brooklyn Nets, you know, even early parts of the game against Sacramento Kings, Jonathan Isaac was stroking it from three. His shot looked a lot smoother. He looked a lot more confident. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of energy from him being back on the floor. That guy looked like he had definitely improved his shot. And again, I am I am really expecting, you know, not a like 35, 36, 37% three-point shooting. I'm expecting Jonathan Isaac to be a much improved shooter more than anything else coming back from the torn ACL. Those are two young players who, under Bruce Kreitzer, have seen very noticeable and very important gains in their shooting. So if there's proof that what he's doing is working, is setting in, is something that the Magic should continue to invest in, that's plenty proof right there, or that's at least a little bit of proof right there, that maybe Bruce Kreitzer knows what he's doing and maybe the Magic do respond to him. But let's take a look at some other examples. Plenty of other examples, even from more veteran guys. Nikola Vucevic went from barely taking three-pointers to a proficient three-point shooter in the three years that Bruce Kreitzer and Steve Clifford were his coaches. Now, Vucevic had begun adding the three-pointer to his game under Frank Vogel, um, but the transformation is still astonishing how quickly it came. Shot 30.8% on less than one three-point attempt per game before, uh, before, uh, Steve, before Steve Clifford arrived. Then he shot 36.4% on 2.9 attempts per game in 2019, 33.9% on a 4.7 attempt spike in 2020. So yes, a little bit of a drop, but an increase in volume. And then finally, 40.6% on 6.5 attempts per game last year with the Magic. Why was Nikola Vucevic an all-star last year and not in 2020? Because he was one of the best shooting big men in the entire league. Now, obviously defenses left him open. They wanted him shooting those shots, but... He was shooting 40% from beyond the arc, and that is killer. That, that kept the magic in a lot of games and really transformed Nikola Vucevic com- into a completely different player. Really, really significant jump. Now, again, all credit to Nikola Vucevic. He put the work in. That was a year-long pro- That was a year's process to get there. Steve Clifford gave him the green light. He took it and ran with it. But he's not the only guy who shot better. Aaron Gordon went, th- went from a 30.9% three-point shooter before Kreitzer's arrival to 34.9% in 2019. Desi jumped back down to 30.8%. Injury-filled 2020 season. We know he had the ankle issues. He was never quite right. Uh, last year, though, 37.5% three-point shooter with the Magic. Again, this is Aaron Gordon we're talking about. Not a guy that we typically think of as a reliable three-point shooter. And certainly, defenses did not consider him a reliable three-point shooter. There were a lot of moments where he made defenses pay for that. For that. And again, if you know when he got to Denver, he played really, really well as a spot-up three-point shooter when he didn't have to be a driver and attacker and he kind of knew his role a little bit better. Can you even look at non-shooters? Michael Carter-Williams has improved his shooting under Bruce Kreitzer, in my opinion. 
Shot 42.7% from the floor overall in 2020. Um, again, not a reliable shooter at all, but he's helped. I mean, I think Michael Carter-Williams even say Kreitzer's helped him get a little bit more consistent with the shot. Again, not everywhere he needs to be, and I don't think Michael Carter-Williams will ever be a good shooter um, or, or a super reliable shooter, but he is much more reliable now than he was earlier in his career. And again, that goes. that's a lot of credit to a lot of different people, but I think Kreitzer has to be involved. At the end of the day, these are all just numbers. There's, these are all just anecdotes. We can't say for certain who is who who really is the the proximate cause for these shooting spikes. Maybe some of them are random. Maybe again, it's never a straight line. You know, these these improvements, these progressions are never a straight line. So maybe it's not you know, kind of that, that straight straight line drive type deal. But we can see very, very clearly that there is a consistent pattern of players coming to Orlando, especially young players coming to Orlando, and improving their shots in fairly significant ways. And that's why the Magic are holding on to Bruce Kreitzer. That's why the Magic are keeping Bruce Kreitzer, because now we're no longer in the win-immediate game. Now we're no longer trying to win games today trying to win games tomorrow, trying to improve individual players. And that's clearly where Bruce Kreitzer is most successful. If you're looking for guys to kind of prove that Bruce Kreitzer is the right guy, that the player, the player that I that the two players that I think are going to be really, really important are RJ Hampton, who proved to be a, already looked like an improved three-point shooter in summer league, and Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, especially. The Magic brought him in as a shooter. He had splits of 39.7%, 33.7% on three-pointers, 32.7% on spot-ups, and 32.7% on catch-and-shoot opportunities. 39.7% overall. Cole Anthony, by his admission, did not have a good shooting year and, and constantly talked about how he needed to improve his three-point shooting. Summer League did not do anything to make us believe that that had happened. But, working with Ruth Kreitzer if Cole Anthony becomes a much more effective shooter, and again, he's a player very similar to Kemba Walker in that way, if he becomes a much more reliable three-point shooter, then the Bruce Kreitzer high, Bruce, retaining Bruce Kreitzer is not really a higher. Retaining Bruce Kreitzer will be a good decision. Bruce Kreitzer is thought of as, one, as a really good shooting coach. Um, again, the Kemba Walker stuff is pretty, pretty good. Uh, and there is at least small evidence, not big evidence, not, you know, kind of like smoking gun evidence, there's at least small evidence and small signs that Kreitzer has indeed helped the Magic become a better shooting team. Shoot, help Magic players become better shooters, even if the team has not become better shooters overall. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's guard rotation and the kind of flexibility they created here, here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Sweatblock. Look, guys, Labor Day's coming up on Monday. We all know what that means. A, it means maybe the temperatures will start coming down a little bit, but probably not. B, it means all the tourists are out of town. You can finally go to the theme parks, but guess what? That means you're outside. That means you're walking around. That means it is disgusting and you just want to go home after two and a half hours, but hey, you spent $120 on that thing anyway. You're going to be there for a little while. Take care of it all. Go, go to the parks. Go outside in comfort. With sweat block. It's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day. 
without worrying about sweat guaranteed. I know this is going to sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with sweat too much, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today at get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Again, that's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at DirecTV. Now, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch a game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. That's just way too many devices, too many screens. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So I went a little long there on Bruce Kreitzer and what he brings to the table as the Magic shooting coach, but, you know, a lot of Magic fans right now have been talking a lot about the starting lineup. Um, you know, I, if you've listened to me to me enough, you know that I kind of don't like getting sucked into a lot of those conversations. I'm not big into clutch minutes, although I do acknowledge their importance. Uh, I'm not big into who starts, because at the end of the day, what really matters is who finishes, and, and I think that lineup's pretty well cinched in. It'll probably be Fultz, Suggs, Ross, Isaac, and Carter um, at this point. Um, we'll get to that argument. I, I've teased it in the last episode. I'm going to get to that Terrence Ross argument, I think, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, or on our next episode of Locked on Magic. Like I said, I'm on uh, kind of a off-season schedule right now. Um, but... You know, as fans have talked about the, the potential for a starting line, but not, again, I'm a big believer of, yes, we have a new coaching staff. We got to see how everyone plays. We got to see who's healthy. I don't think the starting lineup on opening night, um, assuming full health uh, and, and no trades, I don't think that's going to be the lineup for all 82 games. I think there will be some shifting and some some different, dif- different, different lineups thrown out there. Um, I think that there will be a lot of by-committee work being done. And obviously, injuries are going to play a role in ultimately who starts and who starts consistently as well throughout the course of the season. Um, But I will say this. You know, one thing that has me really, really excited about this team and and, and one thing that I think having a, you know, I I think Steve Clifford's a great coach, but Steve Clifford's a really conservative coach. Um, The Pat Riley system is very, very conservative. Um, You know, about doing... X, Y, and Z, right, and and having consistency. Now, that's not bad. You need that. Um, but the one thing I'm really excited about, and I think Jamal Mosley's gonna gonna play things this way, is there is a lot of opportunity to mix and match and experiment with this this rotation in this lineup. And to me, as a basketball fan, as 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 someone who likes watching these kind of trial and error things go on, and certainly the Magic are going to have to do some trial and error here to figure out. Uh, to, to figure themselves out a little bit, um, 
what I think is really exciting about this this game or about this team is there are so many different combinations and so many different ways that they can put players together. They can run a three-guard lineup very, very easily. A Fultz, Suggs, and Hampton. Hampton being able to play the three or potentially playing the three. Really, really exciting stuff, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I, I think... Uh, you know, I think the Magic are still a bit undersized at three. I'm not super comfortable with RJ Hampton playing three, but he's going to have to play there a little bit. Um, they can run, you know, obviously Ross and Harris together or Ross and Harris at the three as well. They can run lineups, and, and I'm interested in this lineup too, of maybe doing Okiki, Wagner, and Isaac all on the floor at the same time. I think you can do that for limited minutes, depending on Isaac's health, of course. Um, and then I think the one lineup that I think we will see, and I think the Magic should give a try, because why not, depending on matchups, um, go Isaac Carter Bamba or Wagner or Franz Wagner Carter Bamba. Go big. Um, there's you can go three point guard lineups with Cole RJ or Cole Markell and Jalen Suggs as well. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here for the Magic to experiment and to find the right combination of guys to make this whole project work, to make the whole lineup work. And and honestly, like to me. That is one of the most exciting things uh, about what the Magic have right now. To me, that is one of the most exciting things that this team has going for it. Is that, yes, there are a lot of different ways and a lot of different way, different player combinations they can put on the floor that, you know, again, there might be some issues. I'm not going to say it's, it's completely foolproof. Um, but there are a lot of different different things that they can experiment and try this year as they try again to figure out what kind of team they want to be and, and what the outlines of that team are. Um, at the end of the day, the goal of any lineup, the goal of any rotation is to get the five best players you can on the floor at all times. Um, you know, I, I think the way the NBA has gone, certainly, uh, there is less emphasis on on kind of straight positions. Um, again, I, I think the general truism in the NBA nowadays is your position is not how, where you can play offensively because offensively you can play anywhere. The, your position is who you can defend. Um, so, you know, when people, when people ask me, like, oh, are you concerned um, about having too many point guards? I'm like, no. More point guards are actually better. Now, you got to be able to play off the ball. It's a different kind of skill. But more ball handlers, more guys who can attack off the dribble is better. You're seeing that throughout the league where they put as many guys who can attack off the dribble as possible. That means you can go five out a little bit more if you can spread the floor enough uh, and really attack downhill and get into open space. Again, this is what it's all about, is creating space to attack the paint, cause a defense to collapse, and kick out to three-point shooters. That's what this is all about. And so again, I don't care how many ball handlers you have. Put them all out there. Put three. I expect, three, I expect to see a three-point guard lineup. You have these crazy unicorn defenders and Jonathan Isaac, uh, and you hope Franz Wagner and Drew Mokiki can get there, put Isaac out there. A lot of fans suggest to me Isaac should play some center or that Isaac's future might be at the center position. And I, I don't think that's entirely true. I don't think that just he has the physical strength. You don't want him going up against Joel Embiid. But yeah, uh, end, of the second, end of the second quarter, you know, maybe when one, some of those guys are out there, you're trying to get a little bit of a boost. That's how the Warriors use Draymond Green. Um, they they don't they only deployed the death lineup in very limited situations and for little spurts and they won those spurts big, but it was very limited time. They didn't let teams kind of adjust to them. They kind of blitzed them with it and then pulled back. 
Um, the Magic certainly can do that. We've been wanting them to do that ever since they drafted Jonathan Isaac. No reason not to try it, you know, again, depending on how Jonathan Isaac's health is looking. Um, they tried Franz Wagner at the five during Summer League. It's definitely in the, it's definitely one of the ideas that are kind of spinning and circulating uh, um, among the Magic coaching staff for sure. But at the end of the day, you got to get your five best players out on the floor. Um, whoever that is. And, and it may be different every single day, honestly. Um, I, I don't think the Magic's lineup, I don't think their closing lineup is going to be set in stone. I think there's going to be a little bit of improvisation uh, and a little bit of figuring things out on the fly with this team as well. So I do think that the Magic are, you know, re- are going to make this decision, are, are, are going to be very experimental with some of these lineups and some of these rotations that they have. Um, I don't think they're going to be settled in here to one lineup. We know, you know, as uh, you know, we, we put it up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, Spencer Ostrovsky uh, did a really good job. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, Spencer. Um, you know, maybe we'll get you on the show here in, in a little bit too. Um, Spencer did a really good job breaking down one of the reasons why Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton were really successful. Put it up on, on his YouTube page. We have a link to it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Um, noting that, hey, when you have two ball handlers who like to get up the court fast, especially two good rebounding guards like Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton, they grab the ball and go. And the other guard just knows to go. Um, both RJ Hampton and Cole, you know, the combination of RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony were one of the best offensive duos for the Magic all season, at least on-court lineup-wise. Now, defensively, they were a disaster. Um, it should be worth noting. So context does matter. But there was a lot of promise in them playing together and certainly a lot of promise um, in what the Magic were trying to build with those two guards and having two, again, two relatively good ball handlers playing together, you know, uh, in lineups. And, and certainly, you know, you know that's, I think, again, an experiment that we saw in Summer League as well with Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and RJ Hampton playing together as well. This mix and match ability gives the Magic, uh, you know, maybe not an advantage because, again, the talent's going to matter, but gives the Magic the ability to experiment. And I think we will see that. And I think it will be to a lot of pe- people's benefits as they figure out what works. And more importantly, what works as they move forward beyond this season. Again, we'll, we'll get into kind of bigger overarching goals for the season. I've kind of made, hinted at what my, my goals for the season are um, here throughout, the, throughout the, this offseason, but the Magic certainly have a lot on the line. We'll close up shop here in just a moment, but first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Look, we all have to work out. It can be tiring, it can be draining, and whether you're doing a midday workout or a late evening workout or an early morning workout, you need a little kick to kind of get you back to level, to get you back to zero. You need that protein to kind of back up the gains that you made when you worked out. And that's why you should try out Built Bar. Look, there's protein bars that you see at the grocery store, you see at the convenience store. They suck. Like, frankly, they suck. They, they, they don't taste, you know, it says chocolate chip cookie. Does not taste like chocolate chip cookie. It says cookies and cream. Does not taste like cookies and cream. Trust me, I've had them. They suck. Not only that, when you turn and look over at the nutrition fast, you see that they're 250, 300 calories. Those are essentially meals. Those are not meal. Those are not snack bars. Those are not the little boost you need to get back to your day. Those are essentially just sitting down for another meal. And now, all those gains. You know, unless you're a real heavy workout person, now all those gains you made are completely gone. Built Bar is completely different for that reason. Not only do they come in great flavors like coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, cookies, and cream. They taste exactly like what they see on the box. I've had the cookies and cream one. It's really good. It does not suck. 
If you haven't tried the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you get two of each of the nine flavors currently available. Not only that, Built Bar is healthy for you too. With 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals won at the Olympics came from Built Bar. That's awesome. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at BetOnline. Look, it's that time of year again. All eyes now turning to football. College football starting on Saturday, the NFL next Thursday. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one sport for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means you make a bet on next Thursday's season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Starting to close up shop here on a Thursday. Um, I, I would be remiss, though, if I didn't take this chance to kind of take a step back from the world of the NBA. Obviously, quiet time in the Atlanta Magic season, so I can take a little bit of a step back. And recognize what a big day Thursday night is, or big day Thursday is, uh, in the Orlando sports scene. Um, obviously, um, as many of you know, this is still a college football town in a lot of ways. Um, and so Thursday is a big day because UCF will take on Boise State over at the Bounce House. If you're not in Orlando, yes, that is the actual name of the stadium. They've yet to uh, get a sponsor for it, um, partly because the Florida Florida uh, legislature um, was in I don't want to get into the politics of that, but Florida legislature's in the pockets of a lot of people they shouldn't be in the pockets of. Would not let UCF name the stadium after the sponsor they wanted to, and yada, 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 yada. But nevertheless, it'll be a fun time at the bounce house as Gus Malzahn takes over as a head coach of the UCF Knights. Um, if you don't know the college football scene, um, yes, UCF fans can be a little loud. They did win that national championship in 2017. They do like to remind everyone of it. Yes, that is an official national championship recognized by the NCAA. It is not some fake national championship that uh, that uh, that that no one else uh, recognizes. It is an officially recognized national championship. Sorry, Al, sorry to everyone else, um, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, UCF fans have really been kind of the lifeblood of this new wave of Orlando fandom. Um, fandom that we've seen, you know, kind of spill over into Orlando City. Uh, really, the first you know, kind of sport that feels like very authentically Orlando and. You know, a fandom that will that spilled over into the Orlando Magic as well during the 2019 playoff run and during the 2019 playoffs specifically. Um, these are your future Magic fans pl- uh, cheering on the Knights over at the Bounce House. Um, and, and obviously, we're all one big community here in Orlando, so we support each other. Um, I have become a UCF fan, uh, uh, certainly. Um, I, I grew up a Gator. Don't hold that against me. I am still a diehard Northwestern Wildcat fan. We got a big game Friday against Michigan State. Um, but... UCF fans have created a really great culture 
Um, this is, you know, this is a town that I think has been seeking an identity and seeking uh, kind of its own thing. And UCF has very much helped this city be, find its own thing and kind of find a little bit of defiance um, to, for people thinking that this is a tourist town or people moving into Orlando uh, and, and not really putting roots down here. Um, UCF has really helped people put roots in Orlando and make Orlando uh, a much better and much more vibrant city. So uh, I, I know you know sports probably gets overemphasis in a lot of things, but sports really does come to represent the area and represent the city. Uh, it, it, you know, again, it is an outside representation of all of us, not just the players on the, on the field, but the, but the people in the stands as well. Um, so keep that in mind when the Magic get going as well this year. Uh, you got to ride or die with them during the, during the down times. Remember, UCF was 0-12, won the national championship two years later. I'm not saying it could happen here. It could happen here. I don't know. Uh, the NBA, the NBA can move pretty quickly if you get the right draft, of course. Um, but the UCF Knights taking on the Boise State Broncos. Obviously, Boise State, a powerhouse of their own, a mid-major powerhouse um, out of Idaho. Really big matchup. Um, it'll be on ESPN. It's We're all really, really excited. I'm actually going to be at the game on Thursday. I'm really excited to see this new-look Knights offense with Gus, with Gus Malzahn uh, take over. Um, you know, UCF games are always a lot of fun, very high-scoring, very, very fast. They do a really good job recruiting the Florida area especially, so we're all really, really excited to see them play. Um, the other bit of news that I, I would be remiss if I didn't get into the show today, speaking of fans, NBA 2K22 announced that our guy, Paul Porter, will be in the game. All 30 PA announcers, plus a few classic ones it looks like, um, but all the PA announcers for their teams will be in the game, so when you play NBA 2K22 in a couple weeks, Paul Porter will be there waiting for you. So very, very happy to see Paul Porter in the video game. Um, very, very happy uh, I'm very, very happy about that because uh, Paul Porter is the best. The best. He's the best. Um, but that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in. Himboy, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast or your podcast enable listen device. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked on Today podcast. You can get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Cross and We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.